You are listening to the Anchor Podcast version of the Open Line Radio Show. This show is edited. Number for more information is 337-781-1110. That's Finders Keepers. Superstation presents the community's number one radio talk show, The Open Line, if you have an open mind. Greetings, brothers and sisters. Welcome to The Open Line. I'm Brother Jay. I'll be here with my co-host, Sister Khadija. Stay tuned and relax for the open line on KIEE 88.3, your superstation. Welcome to the open line on KIEE 88.3, your superstation. The views and opinions expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers and are not necessarily those of KIEE 88.3 staff all management. Thanks for listening. That's all I got is hold on. Trouble won't last long. The enemy won't come in your life to cause distraction. To cause distraction. But this is a question in a time where God is getting ready to change your situation. God is changing your circumstance. Trouble is moving on behalf of the believer. The trouble won't last always. Woke up this morning. With a lot on my mind Looked up in the sky And seen the sun shine That's when I realized God was telling me Everything was gonna be So much trouble in the world today, just don't know how to handle it, feeling so much hurt and pain, oh God, we need you now. Following me, you see, it's sufficient. Mm. God's grace is sufficient. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. But know that every word of doubt that we speak, it leaves a pathway for that old enemy. So keep pushing, pushing in faith. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Sister Dini, and trouble won't last too long. Sister Dini, and who is the other artist with Victoria us? Victoria Gibson. 
Victoria Jeff Jefferson. Okay, Victoria Jefferson. Uh, it's always good to start uh, your morning off good uh, with 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 music, with whatever your taste in music. I'm gonna be your co-host uh, this morning, um, Sister Khadijah, your uh, host, uh, Brother Jay, the one and only, uh, and our co-host, uh, Mr. Kevin. Our first uh, 40 to 50 minutes is we're gonna go ahead and start it off with with Judge Landry. However, I have to do a few house cleaning. Uh, the house cleaning for, is going to be. Uh, tomorrow for tomorrow, Thursday from 9.30 until 10.30. That's tomorrow. United Healthcare and KIEE, a, a Freeman Insurance, will be hosting a food pantry drive through at 4103 Cameron Street. 4103 Cameron Street in Lafayette, Louisiana, 70506. Now, it's first come, first serve, and no more than two families. You can't have no more than two families. So I just want to reiterate tomorrow, Thursday, from 930 until 1030, United Healthcare, KIEE, and a Freeman Insurance will be hosting a food pantry drive through at 4103 Cameron Street in Lafayette, Louisiana, 70506. First come, first serve, and no more than two families in a vehicle, and you don't need identification. And I want to say also, good, good morning, Mr. Kevin. We got that fine, uh, dynamic host of the uh, Defending Our Community in studio today with us to break down all the, uh, the, the, the historical voting issues that could be going on in this area. Listen, I want to say this, and I'm going to let you guys have the floor. Uh, tomorrow, also, uh, Black Voters Matters, the minibus will be in town at the Martin Luther King Center. Uh, you could check with uh, Dr. Chris Williams on that. We're gonna, uh, this, uh, according to what I, I read, there could be Sister Latasha Brown and Brother Cliff Albright. You've seen them on MSNBC before. They've been at the forefront of making sure voters are attuned to what's going on. Pay attention, people. Pay attention. That's all. Uh, I think Mr. Kevin would tell you that too. Pay attention to what's going on. How you doing, Mr. Kevin? Uh, good morning, guys. And look, guys, I'm not a co-host. I'm just a guest to these fabulous people over here. Uh, look, I I'm here to inform y'all about early voting. This is starting this weekend. This is what y'all have to do. Go to the courthouse. Don't wait for it to come to y'all. Go to the courthouse. Vote. It's not going to be as hard as being in your precinct because right now it is hurricane that didn't hit us. They're going to have all kind of extra excuses. At the courthouse, you know they're going to be running because their job is revenue, and we get the people who are poor paying their bills, not ours, theirs. So this weekend, guys, start getting to your courthouse. I guarantee your line won't be long. Guaranteed you won't have no problem. Just have your proper ID. Get in there. And, guys, we got some important local races. Local races is what count, guys. We got to be the ones correcting all the problems that we have in our town. Local is where it starts at. We got to get our local politics straight before we can get our national politics straight, guys. We got to get together, us, and we got to be focused. We got to stay focused. And, guys, look, I'm talking to white people too like that. Y'all got to come in and, and realize y'all being treated like the old black folks back in the day. They're lying to y'all right now, guys. And we got some important local races. We got the judges and the DAs. 
And look, guys, I know a lot of you white people scared of black people with power. But don't be afraid to have black people running in the judiciary system. Because if anything black folk does do is follow the laws that white man created. They will not offend you no kind of way unless you abide by the law. That's all I got to tell y'all because right now the fear techniques they're using is to scare you that if black people get the power, they're going to start doing to y'all what y'all done to us. That's a lie. All we want is to correct the mistakes that they've been creating for us to stay separated. We got to get together. Not them, us. Do your own discoveries of your candidates. And like I said, voting is for the people that got your best interest in mind. Not theirs. Your best interest. Not theirs. And when we come to these few people, there's only one out of three that's going to be fair that's running any of these divisions, guys. So pay attention. Do your own discoveries. Go to YouTube. Google them. It'll tell you all their agendas, what they've done before. And like I said, they haven't done nothing before. Don't give them a vote now because it didn't matter before. So don't let them get your matters today. Okay. So the call-in number is 337-534-0036. We have former Judge Laurie Landry that's on. And uh, uh, former Judge Laurie Landry, please just go ahead and just uh, tell us all of what you've been doing. Uh, update us on your on your continuance with your platform. And uh, we, we and the callers may have, like, a question or two for you. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Good morning. Good Thanks mo- for having me. Ms. Khadija, Mr. Kevin, um, thank you so much for uh, this opportunity to share with our voters what's been going on. Uh, We know that early voting starts on Friday, so I'm excited about early voting. So what we've been doing is touching communities, touching people. Uh, We're opening up our phone um, contacts and starting to call the people that we have influence over and say, hey, do you know it's early voting time? Do you plan on going voting? Do you need a ride to vote? Do you understand all what's on the ballot? So I'm doing the same thing that you guys are doing. I hear Mr. Kevin um, talking about uh, educating yourself on the voters. That's important. Everybody has a web page. Everybody. So go to that candidate's web page and then do your own independent research about them. Uh, educate yourself on everything that's on the ballot, not just the presidential um, election. We have congressional elections that's going on. We have candidates that are running against Cassidy, and we have candidates that are running against Higgins. Um, so educate yourself on that. And if, even if those are your candidates, you have to know who your local candidates are. District attorneys' races, district judges' races, city marshal races, all of those things that impact us, mayoral races um, or pro tem and city council, those are the type of things that you need to know. And so I have just been out touching you um, and seeing you. And I can tell you that some of what I just heard Mr. Kevin talk about, people are talking to me about, um, people calling them and trying to influence their vote. Well, let's start from the beginning. I'm going to call you and ask you to support me. Um, I am going to call you and ask you to support my candidacy. But what I will not do is browbeat you into supporting my candidacy. Certainly, I don't have any authority to threaten you or your family for voting a certain way. People calling you and asking you for your support is one thing. Um, But you have the final say as to who you support. People threatening you or browbeating you or tricking you into their 
um, voting for their candidacy or for them, that's a different story. And so in all you're getting of information and knowledge, get with them. Seek God's face on the issue of who your candidate is going to be. Try what they say, um, compare it with the word of God and see if it makes sense to you or if that is where God is leading you. So I, I understand people are telling me um, these things, but I just want to tell them about my candidacy and encourage them to seek out information about anybody else who's asking for their support. I've always done that, and I will continue to do that. I have something to stand on. And so that's how I wanted to open the show this morning, by telling you thank you for having me come in and giving you an update of where we are. We're going to, we're in the press now, y'all. And so we are pressing towards the finish line, and we want to start early voting with the bang. We want all souls to go to the polls and vote. And be prepared with your ballots, whether you have them on your cell phone, whether you write them down to vote from the top of the ballot to the last constitutional amendment. Educate yourself and your family and be prepared to wait in line. But we have um, from the 16th through the 27th, every day except Sunday, and they will be open from 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. You will have an opportunity where you won't have to wait online. But if you have to wait online, go and wait. Bring your chair. Bring your umbrella, bring your mask, bring your sanitizer, and stand in line and pray until it's your turn. Miss Khadija? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, All ma'am. Right. Just just taking down some notes. Uh, okay. I, we are, we've also been like working with the ACLU and, and they have like some fantastic uh literature that they want us to hand out and, and it's basically dealing with prosecutorial reform and why it's needed. And yes, ma'am. Uh, I wanted to find out what did you think about prosecutorial reform and why it's needed. Well, uh, the ACLU in New Orleans is led up by Alana uh, Odoms, wonderful, a great friend of mine. Uh, she comes to us from the Louisiana Supreme Court, and she has been leading the ACLU there as executive director for at least two years. The information that they're giving you is about um, reform of the justice system. It's not anything new, but it's definitely what you see in my candidacy. Again, we know that power has rested in the hands of a few people, not only in the 16th JDC, but in America specifically. The power of the district attorney's office and the state's attorney's office has rested with an established few. So it's not uncommon to have 90 years with very few elections like we've had in the 16th JDC. Much to my surprise, it happened all over America and not just in the South. So I had to figure out why. And one of the reasons is establishment, momentum, money, and influence. The influence of one person saying, this is my candidate, moves people, not just in the 16th, but all over. And also uh, limiting the number of people who have the education, the support, the tenacity, the name notoriety, the courage, God-fearing wisdom, and a community behind them to take on the system. That doesn't come along often. And so what the ACLU is 
doing is telling us about justice reform, telling us about the authority that the state's attorneys and the district attorneys have so that we can make an informed decision, not just in our local races, but understand that we're not alone. Um, and it's very important. Uh, absolute power, absolutely corrupt. And uh, no one should hold a seat forever. These seats should not be transferred from person to person without the community speaking on them uh, and not the community without the community grooming their own leaders to have to be in positions to run. And that's something that we're lacking in the African-American community. One, because we haven't had the opportunity to vote often and be in positions of power, but uh, because we've been denied that. But um, now that we have an opportunity, we need to start to organize so that we can train our own leaders so that they will have that historical institutional knowledge of how we were oppressed, but also come to the table with an under a global understanding that a safer community for white, black, female, male, Asian, Native America is best for everyone. So the ACLU has done a job for um, the last hundred years or so. It's led very well of our local office in New Orleans. And um, I have worked with them in the past and will continue to work with them for a brighter day in the 16th JDC. Well, uh, I'm, I'm glad you're on, Miss Miss Landry, because, you know, uh, you got my vote by when you stood up to these guys and uh, you trying to break the systematic mind control they've been having over us for all these years. And people don't realize that without us, there is no dim. They need us to put them in there, but they're not doing nothing right. for us but putting us in some cages. And, and this here, the 16th judiciary system, has been persecutors for a lot of families. And, and, and my mm -hmm. thing that I try to tell black and white people, if we don't come together and fight these bullies, because that's all they are, they use to control us by putting us in fear and having warrants and everything over us. This is what yeah. persecutors do. And they harass right. you to, to, to make you feel like you're nobody. And this right. is what we the people got to come out and show them that we run all these local judiciary system because without us, there is no dim. And that's all they've been doing is using us for the money racketeering. It doesn't make and sense for their friends to go on, you know, with all kind of criminal charges. And then we got to pay for what they didn't give their friends. I understand your, your frustration, Mr. Kevin. I've heard it throughout the district and we've heard it for years. I think we have to, see it exactly the way you say, as a unified front, as hardworking, going to work every day, taking care of our families, paying our taxes, those people who live in the community. And it doesn't matter what color you are. You know, some people have um, the opinion that if you're not doing anything, you won't wind up at the courthouse. Well, that's a limited view. And what I tell people is that not only is that not true, but wouldn't it be horrible for you to find out that it's not true when you're up there. To make sure that we have a system that best serves our community is to make sure that it's fair when you don't have to go up there. So that if by chance you or someone you love or your family member gets involved in something falsely or not, it will be a system that is fair. And if you can't trust the one we have, 
whether you've been involved as a juror, as just a taxpayer, as someone paying a ticket, you've been involved as a, a witness, you've been involved just as a, a, a member of the community that pays taxes to support um, our parish government. Uh, if you've only been involved in that limited manner, then if you don't know what the system is doing, you should make sure you um, educate yourself. No, you may not have a choice as to whether somebody runs or not, but when somebody does run, you need to make sure that you're understanding all what's going on. And if I, when I'm elected, if I am not being accountable for what I told you that I would be accountable for, then you should hold me to that um, level as well. I have been elected three times, and every time I had to go back to my community and say, I'm standing on what I promised you. And they could say a lot of things about me, but they can never say that I didn't do what I said I was going to do. And so I think it's important for us to understand accountability as hardworking citizens, which makes up the large majority of us. And I don't care where you send your child to school. I don't care if your children go to Catholic school with some of those who are in places of influence. At the end of the day, you know what you have in the bank and you know what you don't have in the bank. At the end of the day, you have to be able to say, it doesn't matter who I know. If my child or me got into something that we needed to go to the courthouse, it should be fair. And even if you think knowing somebody will help you, one day you're not going to know anybody. And so I promise people that when I was on the bench, if I'm fair, it doesn't matter who you are. When you show up, you're going to get a fair assessment. And that's the promise you need to stand on, not I know judge so-and-so. Yes. Because one, judge so-and-so ain't promised for tomorrow. And two, one day you're not going to know judge so-and-so. And the person standing next to you might know judge so-and-so better than you do. So start with fairness. Start with justice. Start with what we have in common. And that's the desire to be unified and to be safer communities, period, for everybody, victims, um, so that they can rest in the knowledge that the right person is in jail, that they could rest in the knowledge that those convictions will stand and so that they don't have to keep reliving the horror that brought them to the courthouse. Hold your sheriffs accountable, that you care enough about our community before I'm a victim, but when I'm a victim, you investigate it in such a way that the DAs can support a conviction beyond a reasonable doubt. Those are the type of things that you should be holding your elected officials accountable for from the very beginning. So I agree with you, Mr. Kevin, and I hear your frustration, and I hear it all over. You just have a voice um, that has been <clears throat> speaking it when other people wouldn't. And so I thank you for your courage as well. Thing. You know, I, I, I commend you for, for letting people know that there is a DA race. Because all these years, from Bernie Boudreaux on down, yeah. we never knew that they had a DA's race because it was just passed on because nobody contested them. Nobody and, contested. you know, like I tell everybody that's black that have a complaint with you, our biggest thing that hurts us is our opinions. It always upsets us. You know, we hear somebody else's story, and then we go on that judging you. You never was none of my judge when I went to the East Court system, but I heard some of the people you saved, even though you gave them time to rehabilitate them, you saved them because if that had been another culture of judge, they'd have gave them life. And this is why I'm out there with you, 
and, and trying to pass the word on that you are the best candidate for it. And and we got a lot of black folks, and, and, I, and I, I put some straight all the time. Because they owe this DA system favors, doesn't mean you owe them your life. Because this this persecutions that they have done to black families, you know, like I pass around, both do his sign is not even around none of the black sections because he know what he done to the black communities. And I tell white folks, y'all are the ones being used now. They didn't put enough of us in jail. They, 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 they need y'all to survive. It's like a plague. Once they start, they cannot stop. But thank you for going out there and contesting these people. And like I tell right. black folks, it's not about money, it's about that vote. If yeah. we can get one well, or two voters to get that vote and push that ballot for you, you can do it because Bo yeah. Dewey's sign does not vote. Well, no. and you're absolutely right about that. Let me just start out from the beginning. Um, I already know what God has promised me. I already know that um, God is in this thing and that God is doing a new thing. Now, whether you have faith in God or not, just know that I'm standing on his promises. And it's based on what I believe and what not only what I believe and what I feel, what I know to be true. You know, emotions are fleeting, are fleeting. Everybody has emotions, but they come and go. You got to stand on what you know. And if you don't know anything about me, then stand on what you know about the system you have. And you decide whether it's time for a change. Listen, for down from uh, Mr. Pico, who was the district attorney appointed uh, around about 1938, all the way down from Pico to Nose Tucker to Bernie Boudreaux, Bill Haney to Bo Dewey, this, these things have been passed on with the exception of a race in 1981 that Mr. Um, uh, Bernie Boudreaux had. He was contested, but he was the heir apparent. He won in 81, and they didn't have another race until his heir apparent, Mr. Phil Haney, uh, was appointed first assistant as he retired, and, um, and he had opposition um, from Mr. Leon Roy. Go back and look at the articles uh, about their race and talk, look at the things that Mr. Leon Roy was talking about way back in 2000. Now, some of those things still exist. The difference between me and Mr. Roy as a candidate is I never benefited from the system, um, from those things that he was just complaining about. And so I didn't have that hanging over my head. And I'm not saying that every prosecution or every prosecutor has been bad, but it is systemic. And when leadership is not strong, all these other things will happen. I worked in the DA's office for eight and a half years, and it was not perfect, but it was not the DA's office that we have now. Now, it has never been perfect, and my view was limited. When I knew in part, I understood in part. But when I moved away and I saw it from a different perspective, then I understood better. As the old people would say, you understand better by and by. Not every prosecution was wrong. Not every prosecution was unjust. Not every prosecutor is unjust, but the systemic system that people are complaining about is alive and well. And yes, it's born in slavery and black codes and Jim Crow. We know that. We know that. We were just the people that were the target at the time, but you're absolutely right that it doesn't just stay with the black people. It stays, the consistency is poverty. And if you don't think you're poor, maybe we're not living from um, on the street. Um, maybe we're living in the house that we chose, and maybe we're driving the car that we choose. But 
everybody, for the most part of us, um, are closer to being um, out on the street or homeless than we want to believe. That's when the pandemic came in and people start panicking after two months. Really? We know how to survive. We understand what it is to live on a little. So don't let people fool you about what they drive and where they live. We all have um, hardships. And we all understand that uh, if you're not in the select few, then that means you're an other. And one day they'll come for you and there won't be anybody to speak up. I'm doing what God has told me to do, and I understand where it's going. But if you have a personal art against me or something that happened in the courtroom, I accept that. When you're in the courtroom, you're looking for somebody to blame for your behavior, and the judge is usually that person. I have had people who are willing to come forward and make commercials about what I've done in their life. I'm not going to stand on those people's hardships. They're going to have to talk about it. They're going to have to deal with it. They're going to have to make their place known. I'm not doing that. I have a record of justice and integrity to stand on. I see people every day. There's Landry, you remember me? No, tell me who you are. And they're telling me their stories as I've gone along the way. That's what's keeping me, Mr. Kevin. So you continue to tell those people to educate themselves on what they now have. If they don't think I'm the choice, and make a decision. But every time you see one, I see five that says otherwise. Yes. So I'm encouraged. That's right. And then uh, Leon Rogers, uh, just his, just the name itself, too, just stood out. Because I, I remember Brother Jay several years ago. Uh, he was the one that had stole $400,000 from the Iberia Parish School Board because he was their attorney, too. So I'm, I'm just wanting to make sure I'm just keeping <laughs> things clear. But I also wanted to say is that uh, do you know uh, how many uh, head DAs we have in the state of Louisiana, and would you know that? And would you? And, and how many are are, are black? We have um, sixty-four parishes. I think. Uh, let me see how many DAs. Go to knowyourvote.com. Okay, know your uh, knowyourvote.com. Uh huh. Go to and uh, go to the DAs race. Know your vote. K N O W Y O U R vote. Dot com. Okay. Uh, and of the 50 some odd, 54 DAs of the, in the state of Louisiana, 54. only 14 or 15 of those seats are contested this year. That number in and of oh, itself that's tells hard. you. That tells you something. Now, we have an African-American DA that was appointed in the 27th, Mr. Cravens, and he has opposition to be elected. Oh, yeah. Um, Mr. Taylor of... Um, um, was the DA that he worked with, and he has been appointed since Mr. Taylor's um, departure. But um, Mr. Cravens, Charles Cravens, is the DA in, 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 in the 27th JDC, St. Landry Parish. We have a DA up the road in the 2nd JDC um, uh, that's a, 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 a black male. We have one in Caddo, um, James Stewart. He was elected um, last term. He retired from the bench to run for DA, and he has opposition this year. And we have a female uh, African-American in one of the river parishes, St. John's, one of the river parishes, the names I'm not as familiar with. I know Charles, I know Craven, and I know um, the other, uh, I'm thinking Beryl. I can't remember his name right now. But go to knowyourvote.com, and they will tell you which race 
um, it's being contested in how many DAs they are. They don't tell you who the minorities are, but I've given you four, and that's about it. Yeah, that's about it. That's about it. That's it, yeah. To all uh, the black voters out there, you know, that's getting distracted by other people's thoughts, I, I always try to tell them, like, you know, we've been living this same program all my life, my dads, my grandparents, and all that. You know, don't be afraid to speak what you didn't saw, because a lot of this stuff haven't gone away. And and we we the type of culture of people where we just forget the past and just hope for the better. And the only way to better come if we get out there to try to save our children and grandchildren. And th- this is why right. I get out there and, and tell people the facts, even though it hurts some of our people's feelings. I have to tell the fact right. because I- I'm giving you my freedom. And that's, that's what freedom is. Freedom of speech, freedom of vote, freedom to say what you see. And, and right now the system is bl- blaming the-, the whistleblowers as the problem. And now we got the people who know things don't want to say nothing because they scared they're going to come upon them. And if we don't get these kind of corruption out of the system, it's going to always be infected. And, and this is what your job is to do. Get out there, clean that system, and clear the people's mind. Because, you know, I'm going to say 80% of the black folks are having mental problems right now. And, and we mm-hmm. don't have that, 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 that technician or that supervisor or, or somebody that could tell us about our issues that really don't even be an issue, but we thought, think about it so much that it become an issue. And this right. is the main problem with the judiciary system. Now the penitentiaries are the new mental health, and that's not helping nobody. Right. And one of the things that we, we all know is that uh, trauma is real. Not only trauma in our African-American communities, but trauma in our communities as large. But And you're right. We see a lot of uh, mental health issues in the court system because um, the government on the federal level and the state level has closed all these mental health facilities. So that is another thing that you're going to be able to um, see uh, with the Lori Landry-led uh, DA's office, that we're going to um, coordinate with the current stakeholders, with the mental health organization, with Tesh um, Action Clinic, with Iberia Comprehensive and St. Martinville. They have some programs that if we get together with them and explain to them what we need of them, they will be able to help us. But that's going to be a concerted effort that is not being done in the manner in which we could do it. Um, uh, and we can do a lot better. And also our uh, faith-based organizations. Uh, there are monies out there for this justice reinvestment program. Uh, we have spiritual counselors in each church that we they could apply for those dollars and help train and treat and counsel people as they come through the system. You know, mental health is a real, real issue, but insanity is a different legal defense that most people do not need. But I agree with you. Um, For me, it's not just the spiritual um, training and, and going to God in prayer. Some people have chemical imbalances that they need help with, and we need to know how to do that. Uh, and, and organize better with our current stakeholders who are available and, and have programs that the criminal justice system can utilize. On the other thing about fear, Mr. Kevin, I learned something, and Ms. Khadijah, 
I learned something. I have an uncle that told me I didn't know what it was not to speak up and stand for what's just in the face of adversity. That's just how God built me. Um, I had a family that did that. I had parents, mothers and fathers, grandparents, all those people who served the community and taught us to be fearless um, and wise. And, and they prayed for us and all those things. But I have come to learn that everybody doesn't have the same courage. And while I don't need you to put a sign in your yard, I don't need you to speak out necessarily against injustice um, in the face of fear. I just need you, when you go behind the curtain, to do what you know your heart tells you and let those who are willing to lead and can lead, lead you down the road. You play the role that you can play. Um, I would love to say I could change everybody's mind. I won't be able to do that. It's up to God to change hearts. I just need to present as a viable candidate with integrity and ability and the support of people that say we're going to stand with you in the polls. So, Kevin, everybody ain't going, ain't going, everybody doesn't have the courage that you have. You keep on telling people that it's their vote that matters. And don't let anybody intimidate you and don't let anybody go in the polls with you if you don't need that help, yes. know your own heart. And that's how we answered those questions. Everybody that's, is not going to stand up on the corner with me. Everybody's not going to put a sign, and that's okay. But I want them to know that their vote does matter. Yes. And to take that in consideration. Whatever color you are, whatever gender you are, whatever yeah. age you are. Now, I wanted to ask you this question. I've been, I've been voting for 45 years now. And they never once called me uh, as a juror or to be on, on, on a grand jury. H how do yes, you get to be on a grand jury? And, and why certain only certain people? And we don't even get a chance to know who they are who's on the grand jury. Every parish has uh, a commission, an election commission, okay? And um, it's a very, you don't hear about it. Um, but when you go to court and you hear judges read, it's this election commission. Every clerk of court is an ex officio member of the election uh, commission. All right. And so what happens is they take voter registration rolls and they're supposed to put in that um, pile of people who are eligible for uh, jury duty and or grand jury, your driver's license. Um, the people who have driver's license and valid IDs are supposed to go in that um, a pool as well. One of the commissioners that I know about is Mr. Ed Hill. How those people get appointed? The judges get to appoint somebody. The clerk gets to appoint somebody. So you go to Mr. David Ditch and say, Mr. Ditch, just let me know how the commission is formed because he inherited it. Who's on the commission and when those seats come available, how do we know so that we can um, put in our resume? to be on the, the commission to uh, select registered voters. They meet in private. Um, we hope they're doing it fairly, but we should know when they're meeting um, so that you can know um, who, in fact, um, that they're doing it correctly and that the names that are coming up are being treated correctly. I think they have it all computerized now, but you should be able to watch that system. So that's how we get selected as potential jurors. Put, that's how you get put on the list. Now, let me tell you the next step where people get excluded. Each parish has a different process by which they serve jurors. 
thumbs in certified mail. Iberia Parish has recently taken upon themselves to revamp the system because of some complaining that I've did over the years to better assure that the people who are on the list get their notification. Some of them send certified mail. Some of them, uh, some parishes send um, deputies out. Some parishes do a combination of both. And some parishes, I'm going to be honest and tell you, I don't know how they do it. And so in some parishes, if they don't want you to be on jury duty, nobody goes and serves you. That's all. And if you don't see your name in the newspaper or somebody doesn't call you and say, I was in court and they call your name for jury duty, you won't even know you had jury duty. So we need to ask the questions of each um, parish, each clerk, how do you select the jury commissioners? How do they come? When do they come open? And how can we um, participate or at least witness the process? Each clerk of court should give you that information and they'll get uh, and they'll be able to give it to you and then we have to take it upon ourselves to make sure that we participate another thing a lot of people talked about judge lane before when we get selected we as a culture come up there talking about something i don't want to sit no sir if you're qualified you're going to sit now i know that there are some times when we work at jobs if we don't get paid we don't, if we don't work, we don't get paid. And if it creates a hardship for poor people to serve, I considered that. But somewhere along the line, uh, African-Americans and minorities have been told, um, encouraged not to participate in the jury system. And that's for a reason. You're not in the room when the decisions is being made. So when those judges are letting you off jury duty and you think that that's, oh, I'm a call judge so-and-so to get off, they're not doing you or the community any favors. And so if you were on Judge Landry's list and you didn't have, I mean, it was inconvenient, but you were required to serve. And I paid attention to them excluding uh, people of color and people of gender uh, illegally. And so that is something that you have to know about your judges when they get elected. That's something you have to know about the process. And that's a very good question that we can arm ourselves with and pay attention to those things. Caller, you have a question or a comment for upcoming uh, DA in New Iberia, Louisiana, Judge Landry. Caller, you're on. Good morning, y'all. I, I like to ask y'all, what do y'all think about that dude, Benjamin T. Myers, running for city council in District 2 in New Iberia? What do we think about Benjamin T. Myers running for uh, the, uh, city, city council? Well, I, I, I personally... Uh, glad that, that uh, he's running. I don't know uh, who's on his, uh, his his platform. Yeah, I know he's running against Marlon. So I, I, I think it's fine that he's running. Uh, yeah, so that's that's how we that's how some of us feel. We think it's fine that he's running against uh, Marlon. Marlon has a sign saying let his be his judgment. He hasn't done nothing. Okay. He hasn't done nothing for the black community. So my thing is, if we got some new faces with some new ideas, we got to get those old black faces that didn't do nothing before out of there. And Terry Myers is, to me, a candidate that should be looked at. Because uh, what Marlon doing is, is not nothing that our past council members has been doing. So we, we got we got to get straight with that. And you, you, you're right. 
Terry Myers is a, to me a better candidate. And uh, we need to have them. We need to have them both on. Uh, yeah, we need to have them both on. So we're gonna. That, well, yeah, that, yeah. That, that's Marlon, good, come on, because he y'all been inviting him for how long? The four years he been there. So I mean, I, I don't trust a candidate who don't come on the show to, to let y'all know what's going on. And and that's another thing. Terry Myers is a, a part of a resident of District Two. Marlon is not. Okay. And uh, I'm not saying that to say it. I'm just saying it. He know better what District Two need than Marlon. Okay, call it. You have a question or a comment. Make it brief for uh, Miss Landry. You're on. Yes, um, yes, good morning. Yep, morning. Uh, this question is for Miss um, Landry, uh, Judge Landry. Judge Landry, um, good morning. Also, good morning to the distinguished uh, panelists and the questions. But I have a question. Uh, the DA's office is run on a platform of being a business, okay? Um, since it's run like that for being a business, how would you, um, as of the district attorney, um, be able to, to help your people, people that look like you, any difference from what they're going through right now in the system? Um, also, just uh, see that there's uh, many people that's wrongfully uh, incarcerated. See, for instance, a case come before you where they've been wrongfully convicted and you're the DA, uh, how far... Uh, will you go to assist them in being released? Thank you very much. Okay. Th thank you. Thank caller. you, caller. Thank you, caller. That's a good question. Uh, I do want you to go to my webpage, Lori Landry, the number four da.com. But my platform is built on integrity, unity, and transparency. Um, one of the things I'm going to do right away is be who I've been. Um, but it's going to start with um, we have to reassess. We have to restructure the office. We have to do a quick assessment of uh, what we need to change right away. And you're going to see some changes right away in personnel. You're going to see some changes right away in how we greet people. You're going to see some changes in, right away uh, in training of young assistants who, who can stay and do the work, training of them as to how to make decisions. Uh, that best impacts our community. Uh, the other things you're talking about is conviction integrity. You've heard me say before, I am going to commit to um, uh, conviction integrity. Uh, as soon as we get on our feet and do some restructuring of the office and personnel and having clear policies of what this office will stand for and what it will not stand for, clear policies of things that we will build and things that we will not build, clear policies of uh, procedures, laws that we will use and laws we will not use, um, those clear policies, uh, we're going to have a conviction integrity unit. There is no way that I can take office and not look at um, convictions as far back as um, the last administration because we have those issues with those officers who admitted to doing wrong uh, and, and against persons who have been convicted. In 2017, when it all came out, I was the only judge holding the DAs accountable. They told us that they had sent those over 200 and some odd cases and convictions to be reviewed by a private firm. They didn't give me any details, and I haven't heard anything since then. Uh, it was Mr. Vines who said that we've done this. It's a part of the record. Well, I haven't seen that. Um, they made it onerous on the defendants and the defense attorneys to complain about their convictions. No, sir. It is onerous on the justice system to make sure that the convictions we have are good convictions on credible, um, reliable evidence. That's what justice is. 
if it's wrong, it's wrong. So we will have someone uh, committed to doing um, integrity of those uh, convictions, ma'am. If there will be a process that the community will know about. One of the first things I will do after election is come to the community and say, tell us what you expect of us. And that's when we're just going to listen and then come back to you probably 90 days after that and give you some information about what we found, what we've changed, and where we have to go. But also, Carl, I want you to know that it's important that we as a community, um, people who have children in the system, people who've been through the system, people who are just interested in justice and righteousness for the sake of justice and righteousness, the community plays a role. So we're going to need you to be a part of those um, those town hall meetings, whether you present in person, whether you write us, we will look at everything. The community plays a role. Don't go home on me because I can't do this alone. I can leave, but it will take the whole community to make sure that we're addressing the things that make sure victims are safe, our communities are safe, convictions are good, and that we can all rest assured that if you're convicted in the 16th JDC, that there's going to be credible evidence to do evidence on which to do that. Mistakes, errors are made. But if I find out there's an error as your DA, as you I'm do. going to work to get that set aside. Okay, uh, we have only a few minutes left. Caller, we're going to go directly to you. And then, uh, Mr. Kevin, caller, you have a quick question or a comment? I have a comment. Good oh, morning, Sister Khadija. Oh, wow. Good morning, good morning. Uh, Judge Laura Landry. Uh, good morning. Good morning, uh, Mr. Kevin. And to all the KIEE listeners. Hey, look, uh, Mr. Kevin, you have uh, posed a lot of hard questions uh, to Judge Laura Landry. I know her family. I know the integrity that they have in, in the system. You know, and I believe everything that she's saying because she's allowing God to direct her in a lot of her convictions. You know, mm -hmm. uh, we followed you when they was uh, trying to convict you on some things that you didn't have no awareness of. And I'm so glad yeah. you're running because I feel that you're going to win to get rid of this clan justice, and that's what we have, not just on the Jim Crow, you know, we have clan justice, and once we allow you to get in office, we'll know we'll have somebody at the table, not just against us, but to help us to make sure that all the charges that are brought before us, we're going to get justice. Thank you so much for Thank running. Thank you so much. Wish you all the luck. I, I can't uh, uh, vote for you, but I sure got a lot of support. I know your family real well. So, and I know. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Paula. You. And you may not be able to cast your vote for me, but you know people in the 16th JDC. Everybody in Iberia, St. Martin, and St. Mary Parishes vote. Everybody. And so please know that. And justice doesn't have color. But justice doesn't exclude the fact, or, nor does justice have to be ignorant about injustices. Until we get rid of the injustices and the systems that perpetuate it. You know, we talk about systems, but systems are made up of people. So we can't just blame it on the system anymore. We as a people need to unify and come. 
together to make these changes. Yes, I will lead. And yes, it will look different. But it's going to take our entire community of believers, people who look like us and people who don't look like us, to say enough is enough. We will give her another opportunity. We will give her an opportunity and we will hold her accountable. To God be the glory is all I can say for the things that he has done and he has planned for us. But we have to go and vote. He ain't going to come vote for us because he's given us the opportunity to do that for ourselves. And guys, look, uh, uh, for those callers who, who don't stay in the 16th, the St. Mary, St. Martin, and Iberia Parish, you always say y'all want to help. Come grab a sign, Election Day. Come come, even uh, bring people to their, their polling place. Come come, do all that. This is the way we unite. We don't have to stay in the same parish to do the same thing to help each other out. This is how we get this corruption out is by numbers. I don't care where you're from. I don't care where you stay at. Come give a hand. Correct. Give him a hand. And and like I said, guys, look, I'm not asking Judge Landry hard questions because she had all the answers. It it, it becomes hard when you can't answer it. And if she's going to be a public servant for us, we got to ask those questions. That way we can feel more comfortable. So the question that I gave her or asked her is all what I see in my neighborhood, all what I see in your neighborhood. I don't have to be from your parish to know what your neighborhood and your parish is going through. This is, is a systematic system that keeps everybody who they live off of down, making them think we got to praise them. They got to praise us because every year, come election time, guys, that's when they give us attention. We got to stop that. We got to get out there and let people know we are human, we are free. And if we don't keep trying to get our freedom, they're going to keep giving us keys to our own cells and not knowing we can open the cell whenever we want. So don't let them be afraid. And white folks, I'm talking to y'all too, Hispanics, Y'all all in the line. We not mad at y'all for nothing. And I want to thank those white folks who are there knowing what's going on because we don't give them enough praise because they Absolutely. help us out too no matter what. And we done been through what they're about to go through. And we the culture of people. We don't want to see people do bad. We'll save Absolutely. them before ourselves. But we got to save each other. So get out there. Early vote has to start this Friday, guys. Get out there and get to the... The courthouse. Don't wait for your precinct. Get out there. Absolutely. I can't say it any better. Come help. After you vote, you make sure people have line, a water in line, and and make sure that you bring things. We can do that as a people. Great idea, Mr. Kevin, and that's what it's going to take, all of us. So remember, Lori Landry, number 79 on your ballot. 79. But go to your ballot and remember those judgeships in Division 8. That is just as important, and y'all need to get these people on so that they can share their platforms. Talk to those who will come, give, but give everybody an opportunity. Yes, indeed, and thank you so very much. Thank you guys so much. Thanks for having me once again, and to God be the glory. Y'all stay prayerful and watchful in October so that we will have a November to remember. Oh, yes, indeed. That's that's a good way of closing. Thank <laughs> that you. That comes from my pastor. I can't take credit. That comes from Pastor Alan Ray Randall. And your oh. pastor got it from somebody else who passed it down. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, we have Thanks, guys. Uh, we appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so very much. And uh, there you have it. Um, 